Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Subhash Kari, the Chief Innovation Officer at InfoCEPS, overseeing our global practices and delivery organization. InfoCEPS is a US-based global data and AI solutions firm. Our mission is to bridge the gap between the worlds of business and analytics to help organizations make better decisions faster and with more confidence. We have partnered with the Chief Data Officer Magazine on a series of interviews to bring pragmatic, evidence-based insights to business and technology leadership to advance their insights-driven journey. Today, I have with me Ms. Anna Hanem, Vice President, Data and AI Risk at Scotia Bank. I'm curious to hear from you, right, that what are some of the new categories of risks that are emerging, which we have not thought about in traditional project management, right, of other uh, technology or data analytics kind of projects? As you've pointed out, there's definitely the technology is evolving very quickly and, and it's emerging. And one of the things that I, I would like to comment is that a lot of that new risk is associated with data. So that in itself is a, a new risk uh, about a year and a half to two years. I think that most companies are now starting to think about it as its own uh, as risk. But then, you know, people understand cyber risk, IT risk, operational risk, but this is a new category. And sometimes one, people don't know where to place it. And then two, what to do with it and how to measure it. Because like I said, it's usually a subcomponent of something else. And that includes with AI. AI in itself is a technology. Uh, in itself, it's not the problem. It's what we put into it. So as you pointed out with, with that example with Samsung, right? it was about putting customer data or proprietary data into the tool. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the data risk. It's not really the AI tool that was the problem. It's what we do with it. And so having one, a, a clear communication at the organizational level as to what is and isn't allowed. And most of the time we already have those sort of guardrails and, and what are procedures and protocols. It doesn't really change it's the technology aspect of it, right? So it's already there. It's just about understanding that it also applies to AI. AI is not some just analytics and that it's this, you know, a concept that is not understandable. It's relatively understandable. It's a technology we feed it, that we feed feed it data. Those are, are the, that is something that we're doing constantly in the organization. Just different technology, different data. And so again, being mindful of what is the purpose of this tool, what are we trying to use it for, and then also does it meet from our, our organizational perspective, the code of conduct, how we're supposed to interact with customer data, how we're supposed to use it, etc. Understanding what this tool does, that it is shared on the World Wide Web. It's using data there and therefore it's taking that data there and it's also putting that data back. And so, in, and one, having appropriate conversations, communication around that and being on top of that is, is important. In Scotiabank, we've done that. And then two is then also designing policies and frameworks that are very specific to AI. Because as you know, people like it when it's a little bit more prescriptive. So while the broad sense is there to say for AI, this is how you interact with it, which could be very similar to how we we do other procedures in the bank, but it's just the fact that it's calling out on the specific, um, you know, specific usage. And so again, back to that whole communication aspect is important. Uh, and then as well, in terms of the risk side, I think, like I mentioned, data is the, the big one uh, from it. And then the usage of AI in terms of how we're intending to use it. The problem that comes out of it is how do you measure that data risk? What is the numerical value behind it? Some people would argue that it's there's a monetary cost to it, but mm -hmm. how do you define that? Some people would argue that there's different sort of metrics that can go into it. So that's where we're, we're grappling as well as as to how to measure it, how to showcase where we where that fits in. 
Yeah, so I think, um, you know, what, what I'm gathering is like, you know, there are some uh, categories like data quality, uh, which are sort of like, you know, old in terms of like, you know, historically, I think they were present in data analytics project as well. But yeah. some of these topics that you are dealing with in terms of privacy and uh, data poisoning, I think like, you know, that is something that like, you know, we are trying to figure out how to uh, even detect, right? And to, to advise our clients, those are new categories, you know, in our experience that are coming up. So. Um, so I think coming back to the measurement part uh, that you just mentioned, uh, Anna, what are your thoughts in terms of right-sizing the risk ratings, right? Based on whether, let's say, whether a regulatory overlap exists or not with respect to the project, right? Because uh, that could potentially be a factor. So share with us about the, how do you quantify the risk or what approach do you take to evaluate risks? So to quantify risk is, is you, you're you're commenting on that, and like I, I, I just com commented on it as well, which is it, you have to have data available. And so for something like data quality, as you pointed out, that's a little bit easier. It's more established. We've already had decades now of doing data quality, understanding that concept, et cetera. And so from a data risk perspective, that's an easier one and one that we can put a numerical value to. However, there's many other aspects to it. Uh, there's data resiliency as well as one hot topic that keeps on coming up. And what does that actually mean? Um, how do you measure in general a risk appetite when it comes to data? So from our perspective, parts of it is you know, awareness, usage, protection. Well, great, we have certain aspects that we can measure, but some of it is a little bit more difficult to measure. Then how do you then wrap that all up into to one metric usually? Um, you can have multiple metrics, but then how do they all tell a story? As you know, at the end of the day, data is just about how you tell a story. So how you put that, those, those, that data together, how to put the metrics together. So to answer your question, we're still working through that. I don't mm -hmm. think that there is yet an answer that sort of is that one metric that measures everything. Um, as mentioned, we're working with, with consulting agencies to help us understand what other organizations are doing, what other industries are doing, and taking some of those best practices and seeing what data we personally have available, and then can start putting a numerical value against some of those risks. There are certain things like model risk management, which have a regulatory already oversight on it, and then there's tiering to that. And so that's a little bit easier because you understand where that fits into it. Um, there are certain other regulations that are coming out and some are now being sped up and government's commenting on it obviously faster because of the evolution of, of the technologies, which are also helping to guide if, as to what else could fit into model risk management, uh, what falls outside of it and how we then handle that. And so we're looking through those pieces of it too. But then with that being said, tiering of those risks is important, what falls into those each of those tiers. And then overall metrics behind it as well and et cetera. I think that that's where we're all still in early stages and, and trying to figure out what data is available. If there isn't data available yet to be able to measure what we want to measure, how do we start procuring that data so that we can start putting out those metrics? But that's again, a journey and that will take time because if the data doesn't exist, you have to then start collecting it, right? And so then then and then being able to report on it and that will take time to it. So again, it's still a journey and I think we've got early stages of it. Yeah. Uh, so I know earlier you mentioned uh, as part of your successful data ethics program that uh, there were certain uh, tools that you build based on best practices, right? Uh, to evaluate uh, the whether the data ethics criteria is met for certain use cases. So do you uh, envision, I think like, you know, similar kinds of tools you want to manage risks. What are your thoughts on that? 
So for data ethics, uh, there was a, a, a gap there to fill. There were no real tools. Uh, there were some in government, there were some in other jurisdictions as well that fit certain purposes and needs. Uh, but it was allowed for innovation to happen in that space, like I said, because we had to be inventive. And now time is evolving. And I know that there are players out in the market now who have tools that will help with certain aspects of, for example, fairness um, or transparency, but not necessarily the full yet scope of all from a data ethics perspective that we need to necessarily cover, but at least some key components to it. So now we can investigate those pieces. But as I mentioned, that was a progress in that space. It's an evolving tool because that was created about a, a year and a half ago. And it's changing as you know, knowledge is changing, data availability is changing, adoption is changing, etc. With the AI space, we are using already tools that to some degree have been existent for operational risk, for new projects, and leveraging those and then embedding data risk into it. So rather than creating a whole new brand, brand new process, leveraging things that have already existed for a while and are working well, and then trying to incorporate into those instead. We find from adoption perspective, that's easier to handle. And as you know, people are overwhelmed already with the amount of administration um, that is happening, especially at a financial institution. And so trying to make it as easy as possible for our employees to be able to keep on doing the the jobs that they were hired for and, you know, the day-to-day -day business and um, and not as much than time so that they're not overwhelmed by the administrative aspect. So where we can piggyback off of original or already processes and, and tools that exist, that's what we're trying to do. However, as we're maturing, there might be also gaps where we identify and then that provides an opportunity for potentially having to create something new or, or maybe work with technology where we, that can help in that space. Um, I definitely see that to be the case with AI and validation around AI tools and the way we use models that fall outside of, for example, model risk management. And so that's an area we are exploring for sure, because there is a gap in that space still. But I think, like I mentioned, most of it is leveraging already what we have and then enhancing that and not trying to necessarily create more administrative burden. Awesome thought uh, to end, Anna. Thank you for joining me today. Please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you. Thank you so much, Subhash.